0: Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations, or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only.
1: Hello, world. This is T.J. Marsh on T.J. Marsh ET Radio, and I am with... ACO Radio Now, which is our famous Thomas R. Becker. A lot of you may know him as the famous artist, Ahmed Painter. So we're happy. He runs uh, the station now, as well as some other 90-some-odd hosts with Revolution Radio call sign for Mike Ringley uh, Kentucky. So we wish her well to Mike Ringley, and I hope he gets better soon. He's been a little under the weather, and I guess it's okay to mention that. And uh, we're going to get one of these old guys, one of the really seasoned pros that's been around radio for years and years. Yeah, I hope I don't embarrass him, but uh, let me first uh, introduce you to my, my associate, my partner, my producer, my graphic artist, my general manager, Thomas R. Becker aka a mad painter so a mad painter would you like to tell everybody that you're here and who you are
0: I, I is in the background here
1: and you want to tell them about the anything your your magazine well or... uh
0: just yeah i would like them to uh come check us out at american communications online and uh see what we uh offer and uh we we are uh, offering a, uh, a bi-monthly magazine to all the members who join uh, for free. If not, you can buy it up on uh, Amazon under American Communications a Department or yeah, Allied Command Organization a Department of American Communications online, and it's mainly science-based. It's not uh, hoopla. <laughs> hoopla. That's
1: an interesting word. We'll discuss that later when we know what that is. I'll have to look it up on Google search. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome, all you readers out there. Uh, we love Ahmed, and he does several radio shows for Revolution on Sundays. So be sure and tune in, about four-hour show, 11 And on uh, Monday night with him is Ahmed, look at reality and open canvas on Sundays. Now, do I have those right or wrong, Ahmed? Uh, Oh
0: No, it's uh, Mad Look at Reality on Sundays and Open Canvas on Mondays.
1: Well, you'd think after five years, I'd know that. All right. Well, and uh, Augie used to be over there in Revolution, but he is now over on another station, and I'm going to let him talk about that. But first of all, let me give you a little idea, if you're new like me, to the reality world of 3D. Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) We've got uh, Augie from the... And he was born away, and we're happy to have him over here. But he's probably uh, a little bit like all of us. I don't know if he's a pure blood from Northern Europe, but we'll let him tell us later on. He had to uh, take on a lot of work and management on a farm at an early age until he was a teenager. And uh, I guess his parents must have had land or something other. So we'll ask about that. But I know in Kentucky, where. Mike and I have been, that we had cows, so we'll ask him what he had. So uh, while he was there, he learned how to do hypnosis, believe it or not. And I don't know how you become a magician in Europe, but we're going to ask him about that. And, uh, yes, Kimberly can come on, Ahmed. And after graduation from Agricultural College, he operated some uh, farm equipment and uh, – We're going to talk to him a little bit about that. So I'm just going to give you the basics, okay? So after he learned all this farm equipment, he went on to uh, do a mandatory military service, which I didn't know it was mandatory, like Israel, two years probably, but we'll talk about that too. He was driving a train, we already know he can do equipment. So uh, that was part of his uh, interesting beginning in Norway, in this reality and in this life. And so by the time he was 25, he learned several languages. So he studied science, including metaphysics, which is very hard to believe, but maybe it's more common over in Norway. We'll have to find that out, too. So uh, he had different forms of theories of spirituality, which you guys know for me, if you know me, that's one of my major studies. So this is going to be a fun talk. Now, at the age of 25, he decided to leave Norway and come to the United States of America, where he lives and works now, and uh, goes to he went to flight school when he first came over here at what's called Emory School of Aviation in Greeley, Colorado. I just love Colorado. It's beautiful. We'll talk to him a little bit about that. And then after a year or so, he graduated. Believe it or not, he is an actual graduate of a flight school like, you know, some of the people back in 2001, so he may want to explain all that, but we have a lot of pilots our You know, Ken from last night is one and so uh will talk about how you do that. And he followed his pilot license, certificates and ratings. Ooh, a lot of sound all of a sudden. Can somebody do me? Kimberly
0: Kimberly mute. You're you're causing a lot of feedback.
1: There you go. So He uh, obtained his pilot license, certificates, and ratings, and as a commercial. Oh, he became a commercial pilot, apparently, because he had to get a commercial pilot license with an instrument rating, which I just love to talk about this stuff. So we'll get into the details. uh, since This is the first one. We really did go into details, folks, uh, whenever we interview somebody the first time. Now, uh, he has airplane and instrument ratings. Uh, He became a flight instructor. And then he did multi-engine rating. And uh, we'll have to find out how CFIM works and CFILM, F-I-L-M. But I'm sure he knows that acronym. Or maybe it's just the name of that. But we'll ask him some questions on that, because I've got the numbers here. Now, after graduating from flight school, he worked for other flight schools. An air taxi operator uh, for three years, so he could gain experience, and uh, he, he needed to log more flight time, which if any of you have had a little bit like I have, you, you'd like to do that. Now, in 75, he had a partner, and they started a flight school, so you can see a, a, a line here of experience, which I'm sure this gives him a lot of uh, experience to help us and learn a lot of things. So keep listening here, this is pretty interesting. So he actually, I guess, became an entrepreneur at that time because he decided to open up with another associate, uh, Arrowhead, Arrowhead Airways, and that was at Anoka County Airport in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I guess up there they say Minnesota. And uh, besides being one of the most active flight schools in Minneapolis, he, uh, for the Arrowhead Airways uh, Incorporated, grew to an international air taxi operation and scheduled air carrier. Wow, he got some clout, moved right on up there. So after several years teaching uh, ground school for the flight school and included aerodynamics and meteorology, And uh, federal aviation regulations, aircraft engines, navigation theory, and systems. Then uh, also, I guess he got into this accident prevention, which we're always interested in, especially in this country. And then he had flown piston, turbo propeller, and jet aircraft. But then uh, by this time, he had logged in more than 10,000 hours of flight time, both in teaching and transportation. Now, not that he hasn't completely had probably retired from all that, but we'll keep going. So he had, uh, as an accident prevention counselor, he was acting as uh, that, as an action prevention counselor for the Federal Aviation Administration, which we all know, we just call it FAA, and gave biannual flight reviews for recertification of pilots. That must have been fun or scary. (laughs) So after he sold his shares of his company, Arrowhead Arrowhead Airways, Inc., to his partner, he started to do other things. So he started uh, American Barter, Inc. in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and he got more into his interest in paranormal research, hypnosis, oil painting, teaching hypnosis, and mind development. So we're going to discuss all that tonight, but we're not through yet. Hang in there, folks. We're getting there. Now, after that, he had all these little things in his life had done and been there, done that. And he had done this. So he learned how he could be involved in many, many projects. So he thought he would teach subliminal dynamics, mind development course. So that is now called subliminal dynamics, mind management, which teaches you to assimilate information from a book at the rate of 50,000 or more words per minute. Perfected memory as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And also creative visualization. I don't know why Z's always get me. My tongue doesn't want to roll properly. Visualization for healing and manifestation. So he helped people with their creative goal setting and other things not taught. Now, listen to this in the regular school system, and I will agree with that because I would have loved to have had all of that. Nowadays, you may get some on the internet, but we're going to have our own webinars about that stuff. Now, as a joint venture, er,
2: <laughs>
1: he developed a patent, US patent number, patent is the way you say it, I guess, uh, patent number or So that's 5193. 719, perfected the paperwork and drawings on the original patent and was granted a patent in the USA in 10 European countries. So this guy ain't no dummy, folks, because I've done patent and it took me a long time. So it was only good for 10 years. So He knows a lot more than I do. So this is a lot of experience, folks, especially in business, doing that. So he created and operated the Freedom Civil Rights Investigation Service. Whoa, I haven't had investigation service. And he learned to help people with legal problems. Now, that's very interesting because that's very similar to my path thus far. He created and wrote and published The Constitutional Liberator, a monthly newsletter covering controversial political issues and, in quotes, the truth behind the truth, health issues, and, in quotes, banned medical cures at works Besides many topics, the mainstream media do not dare to. A lot of authors. We have an author's book club, but, uh, you know, a lot of books have come in and out, and uh, those were extremely popular for a long time. I'm sure they still are. They may be a trend, so we'll have to look into that, too, because we like authors. We favor authors. Now, he co-wrote a book with author Patricia Ress, R-E-S-S, of Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska, titled, oh, this is interesting, especially for my UFO Association, Alien Encounters in America's Midwest. We also have Alien Contact Organization for all you folks out there, along with Ace Metaphysical Institute. So he fits right in with us. Now, it features hidden government documents proving the government cover-up of the UFO issue and NASA prints of buildings and structures on our moon. Oh, we should have had Ken here. I thought maybe I should have called Ken to be on here because Ken's got some too. So uh, he had personal testimonies from people who had had contacts with extraterrestrials. But unfortunately, that book is now out of print. So we may have to ask him if we can talk about that later because we got lots to talk about. Now, in 1999, he hosted a live call show on KT KT Radio in Tucson, Arizona. And it was actually dealing with holistic health care and oxygen and the body nutrition and how to stay healthy the natural way. For six years, he was the host and producer of a live TV talk show called, in quotes, The Hidden Truths, and that was in Tucson, Arizona as well. Now, it actually featured the paranormal, UFO, controversial political issues, government cover-ups, mind development, hidden and banned medical cures, future science, and other out-of-the-box issues that covered the mainstream media. So, folks, you got you got to realize we're – We're getting up there. So after five years that he hosted a TV news cast called Access News, which featured politically incorrect news behind the news, he went uh, January of the year. In 2000, he helped create and operate and managed a radio station, KRBL, in Tucson, Arizona. So the program was almost entirely talk radio. And the main purpose was for educating people on constitutional and freedom-related subjects, as well as paranormal and spiritual issues. <laughs> that was interesting, but uh, we got, we got a lot to talk about. So because of its uniqueness, I agree with that. A film documentary was created on the radio station and the people running it. So this TV documentary was entered and presented at the International Film Festival. It was titled, in quotes now, Making Waves. And uh, that was what it was called. So in year 2000, he was nominated by the Libertarian Party to be on the ballot and run for Congress in Congressional District 5 in Arizona. From time to time, he writes articles for publications in the USA and Europe. So he's still very, very diversified. Now, I don't think we even got to the good part yet. This is, this is, this is the good part. So after a decade, after you've done all this research on the law, Still helps people. Uh, I, I know from personal experience. <laughs> On February 28, 2000, a star was named after him. He's a star, folks. No, seriously, and registered with the International Star Registry in Switzerland. I've never known anybody that had a star named after him. So we got to get it. this. We could, think we could take weeks to talk to this guy. Now the star number is if, if you don't believe me, I'm gonna give you a the number. They have numbers, folks. So I guess this is star, star Augie is three one zero one one five nine or five So it's three one zero one one five nine located Pisces constellation at MB eleven. I don't know how to say this R A one hour thirty-four minutes, sixty nine three seconds, I guess, decline four degrees. Five zero five three. That's I've never done that before, Augie. So we'll have to talk to you about that. Now, finally, in 2003, he we was interviewed by for a television documentary titled "Time Trip." Disco- this guy is so interesting and has so much experience. Okay, so that was called "Time Trip," discussing possibilities of practical applications of time travel. I've never even known anybody did that. But I shouldn't say it because of Project Pegasus or some of it's Stargate remote viewing because we we did those. But this is so much more interesting. Now, uh, there was others interviewed on the same documentary that was actually – oh, my. You won't believe this, folks, because this guy is like a superstar. And his name is Mikio Kaku, a theoretical physicist and author. And three other theoretical physicists, also interviewed with Patricia Ress of Omaha, Nebraska, who's written several books on time travel. Didn't know that either. So these people are the foremost experts, and uh, their subject is theoretical physics, which we do know most of those people. And technical side of time travel in the world, the documentary has been shown globally to about a billion people. So we'll have to find out if we can get it on LinkedIn or wherever – I mean not LinkedIn, (laughs) Netflix or Hulu or where do we find that these days. We'll we'll be talking to him in here in a minute. So he was featured in a lot of articles in European newspapers, businesses, and he actually ran for political office and television radio shows with his writing and research and about the adventures he had in the USA. So he wrote a book – called Spiritual Science, Higher Consciousness Thinking, and How to Access the Universal Consciousness. Now, that's available on Amazon, so let me say it again. And now uh, these are in quotes, Spiritual Science, comma, High Consciousness Thinking, and How to Access the Universal Consciousness. Now, he also wrote a book called Universal Success, Principles and How Billionaires Think, And I didn't know we were going to talk about that one night. We may have to have him back to discuss. We'll get it more on a business. We'll be coming back, folks, one night on our business entrepreneur night to talk about uh, the toolsforfreedom.com forward slash success, success, dash principles, dash, and how, dash, billionaires think. Or it may be just success principles and How Billionaires Think, because I'm reading that. But it has P90H85HTM, but we can talk to him, because those may be ways we can download it, maybe like a PDF. I know we'll talk about that. So he's probably going to have to take notes on his own (laughs) lessons here that he's done in life, The very short bio. So he put out a video documentary that was under the brand name Fast Walkers Open Files, Volume 6, Featuring UFO, alien presence, universal consciousness, the real power of mind, and other things we're not supposed to know about. Okay, so with a co-host in Ger- what? Oh, okay. This man is a world traveler. So uh, with a co-host in Germany, Augie. It says is so. I don't know if he's doing it now or not, but I I don't know. I've got got. I don't really know anything about Augie except. I've just talked to him a couple of times, but I'm going with a gut reaction that I wanted to do this, you know, in-depth interview. But so the universal consciousness show, which can be listened to 11 on Mondays Pacific Greenwich, 1900, 20 hours Norwegian. So I guess that would be 11 Mondays, 7. PM Greenwich and 8. PM Norwegian. I don't know. 20 hundred 20 dot <laughs> and central European time. And he's got, NM Radio Network or LNM, probably LNM Radio Network.com. Now, his website, his website with archive radio shows and news and blogs, I guess he he's a good uh, historian and uh, archivist who, because he has over 4,000 unbelievable pictures. It's going to be found used to in the day we work by well, we don't really have to do any more to the, our, you know, how we upgrade all the time in all our browsers. But uh, for the record, it's www.universal-consciousness-show.com. So once again, you can just put in universalconsciousnessshow.com, and it should come up. So uh, we've got so much to talk about, and I'll try to leave this up on the side uh, tonight, which I've never done before. So I guess I'm taking this literally tonight to do a very in-depth interview because of Auggie Nost being in our radio group on Facebook. And uh, he's got two partners in a podcast with video production called The Broadcast Team Alpha. And uh, apparently he's uh, accustomed to being quite the entrepreneur and uh, doing very well apparently in broadcasting because he has a uh, name as Broadcast, teamalpha.com so he has his own blog our web hosting our domain name or all of the above and uh, the journey goes on. so that takes quite a few minutes and that's not even all of it folks that's just as much as his publicist is willing to share with somebody like us because he probably doesn't really need it that much because he's doing so much of his own Marketing and promotions out there with other people, his associates. But let's get on with the show. But real quickly, uh, Mad, you said that we had Miss Kimberly O'Connor of Ohio with us of the UFO Association, Ace Metaphysical Institute, ACO Association. Kimberly, don't you introduce yourself briefly? Uh, I I need to go out
0: and get an education before I speak to this guy.
1: I'm sure we all do, Ahmed. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I am bet Kimberly's probably, I'm humble, so I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. Kimberly, what say you, dear? Introduce yourself. Off of mute. She's, she's on mute. As soon as you unmute, we'll let you introduce yourself so we can get to know Mr. August. Is she on there with you? Can you see her?
0: I can't see her, folks. Just muted. Kimberly? Just muted.
1: Kimberly, can you hear me? If so, raise one finger. No, I can't see her, folks. I can't even see her on the board. All right. Well, Kimberly, she may be seeing she's a actual moderator for many of our groups, including UFO Secret Space tonight. And I think she takes care of our Alien Contact Org and probably my Deja Vu Club and I don't know several because she's a professional trainer moderator in social media. Well, anyway, Kimberly, we'll get you here in the conversation in a minute and let you talk with Augie. Well, Augie, back to you. Now we got an hour and a half of show all about Augie Nost and like like I'm uh, said, said, uh, I don't know if we can handle you, Augie. You've got quite quite the resume here can you help us out because I wanted I thought we were just going to talk about a book tonight et science org but et science org you got a book and a lot of things two books so how would you like to start you want to start back when you were born and fill in all those gaps oh,
3: oh god I I don't know I, I didn't mean you to read all that stuff you probably put half the audience to sleep by now going through that bio you know uh, Not if they were interested
0: like lately, I was. Amanda, so. yeah, were you interested? Oh oh yeah, yeah. I it was we're we are we archivists. We want to get it down for the record is all.
2: That's
3: and okay.
0: Kimberly is know. off mute. Kimberly
3: is off mute now.
2: I'm
1: here. <laughs> there she I'm is I'm here. I'm computer
2: illiterate. people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't know how to mute uh, So you have a mute button. You find it? All right. Well, Clearly, yeah, I tell, tell us a little bit about just you know, you've been helping us with the UFO business and the Maccabees in Ohio and uh, some other people up there. But just real quickly, you know, however, you'd like people to sort of remember you tonight because this is archived, this is live. Just give them, um, you know, a hi and what's going on with you.
2: Hi, everybody. Remember? Yeah, um. I started earlier in life. I started seeing things that other ke- other people in my family couldn't, and they didn't understand that, so I was kind of like that odd duck. Um, I seen my first UFO when I was, like, 14 years old and had uh, a lot of, okay, a couple pregnancies that ended up to be totally missing. There was no sign of them at all, so it's been different. And uh, I've... I know that I'm, uh, I'm an up abductee and I know that my daughter was there with me when she was five years old um laying next to me on the table. Uh, I just want to help people to understand that we are not alone and that we do that we are in need of helping each other understand this.
1: All right. So we're gonna turn it over to Mr. Augie next our solution. As public well, experience, so Augie, well, you whatever you're willing to share,
4: you got Well, Well,
3: um, I guess we started off down the UFO path here, so I guess we should stay with that then. Because, uh, um, how would you like to see UFOs every time you go outside? Would that be something that would be interesting to you?
1: You talking to the audience, everybody? Uh, anyone,
3: think... Any one of you.
1: Oh, all of us. Okay. Well, there's uh, a mad. Well, I see them pretty often. A mad, how about yeah. you?
0: I wouldn't mind seeing a few.
3: <laughs> yeah. See, the <laughs> thing is that there is a way you can do that. All you really have to do is to get your hands on a fourth-generation night vision goggles, wait until the sun is going down, or after it's gone down, and then you go outside and point them into the sky. Because these fourth-generation night vision goggles, they can see higher up into the light specter than you can with your eyes. So they are able to see things outside of your uh, capability of vision and then in fact when you uh, look up into the sky like that you can see the ships the many of them are just points of light going in one direction and suddenly make turns and going in another direction you can see cigars up there you can see triangular ships up there there is almost like a traffic jam in fact uh, when um Uh, George Norrie was at a seminar somewhere. Somebody came up to him and uh, showed him one of these uh, goggles. And uh, George Norrie pointed them into the sky and it blew him away. He did a whole show on that one time several years ago because what he saw. This is something that everybody can do. And it is really simple. The only thing about it is that these fourth-generation night vision goggles are a little bit more expensive than your regular uh, binoculars they uh they are uh, cost anything from if you buy them brand new they can cost from three thousand to seven 000, eight thousand dollars but i've seen them on auctions and stuff down to eight hundred so but uh, i tell you if you can spare that cash it could be a lot of fun watching those things
1: well thank you for that
3: so yeah, there are, there they, are
0: some places that do tours uh, where you can just oh, yeah. uh, pay a certain amount and uh, join the tours in different places. I believe there's one right there where you're at, TJ. Oh, uh,
1: they're all over, especially at the events. But yeah, a lot of people buy those around here. Uh, come to Gulf Breeze. Beaches, you're breaking water, up. And, really?
0: Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit.
1: Yeah, You're breaking breaking up quite often. Okay, so something's wrong. Okay. Uh, I shouldn't have touched a button. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll leave my stuff alone. Excuse me. That was me playing, being a little kid. I don't know. I didn't even know I was doing that. I was sitting here playing with (laughs) the mic. Sorry. All right. Well, back to you, Augie. So we've discussed that. What else would you like to discuss? um, Because you've got a huge, huge resume about the power of mind, subconscious, and all that. But go ahead, whatever you want to talk about.
3: Well, I was suggesting to talk about solutions tonight. Everybody and their dog is talking about the problems out there, and uh, very few of them have any solutions to speak of. But when we uh, think about the solutions, are a lot easier to understand if we know what we are, not necessarily who we are, but what we are, because there's a huge difference between who and what. And uh, these solutions that I'm talking about, that is everyday solutions that can make our lives better. And that comes all the way from the point where, uh, I mean, the cure for cancer was created back in 1931 and the Nobel Prize was given for, for the uh, discovery. Same thing as reversing the aging process was given the Nobel prize for it and nobody told you about it i write about that is in uh, in one of my books explains how i do it and it's working for me i uh, these kinds of things is uh, also mind created because we got to remember that quantum mechanics are now proving to us that we live in a mind created universe So what is in our mind is what we will most likely have in our existence. I'm I'm going to ask you a question. And then uh, I'm I'm going to set the stage for you so you can understand the question better. For uh, for the last 300 years or so, we have been told that uh, matter and energy cannot be created from nothing. We kind of know that. But then again... Some of the most brilliant people on the planet like Stephen Hawking, bless his soul, he just left us, and uh, Michio Kaku and Green and uh, most other theoretical physicists that work with quantum mechanics every day, they're telling us that this universe was created from nothing. So if this universe was created from nothing and everything in this universe was created from nothing and you are in this universe created from nothing. What are you? I paused on purpose, because I want you to think. <laughs> Could it be that you're nothing? A hologram? Could it be? Yeah. Could it be that... Everything you see around you and experience is just a mind-created illusion. That will be a lot easier to understand what we are because we are an intelligent energy living in a holographically created perception of reality, which we call our body and which is a temporary home for us for a while. And we desecrate this home all the time by uh, eating garbage, basically the stuff we call food getting back home from the grocery store, GMO-laden this and that, and corn syrup and sugar and things, which is poisonous to the body, and uh, fluoride and all these things. We keep putting it in there, so no wonder that the world is sick. But... The thing is that we can change some of that by the way we think. Because if we have a mind-created universe, that means that our mind is creating everything around us. And that everything around us, we have control of it because we should be somewhat in control of our mind, shouldn't we? Well, we really aren't much, but we have some control until we condition the mind to be able to project what we want to have happen around us. And that is So you're saying that, that the mind manifesting right? Absolutely. It creates and manifests everything around you. So then what happens when we walk around and thinking about all our problems? We get more problems. And uh, it's it okay. reality. Yeah. If we are thinking about problems all the time, we most likely get more of it. And if we are thinking about solutions, we get solutions. Now it's good to understand the problems. And we dissect it, analyze it, so we understand it, but then we don't have to think about it anymore. We bury ourselves in the problem-solving process. And that comes into planning ahead for what we want, create it in our mind before we have to live it. And uh, most people they plan they spend more time planning a vacation than they do planning their life. Isn't that kind of warped? <laughs> I think I heard some snickering back there. Somebody must have done. <laughs> because
0: that. it's so true. It's so yeah, true. No.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. And the thing about that is that we can create the future before we have to live it. You see, when we think about something, remember now, uh, according to quantum mechanics, everything you see around you is mind-created. It's only a synthetically created perception of reality created by the mind. So if the mind decides to create something that we like instead of all the garbage, it will do that. And that is where something called the mastermind comes in. A mastermind, that is when you are brainstorming with someone. The definition of a mastermind is where two or more minds are united in harmony. They create a third mind that has the potential mind power of the two or more of them multiplied by each other. Let's say that there was a thousand people listening to this show and we decide that we are going to join our minds together and create something specifically that we all understand and we think in one particular term and direction, all of us together. Now, a thousand people times a thousand, now we have the mind power of a million minds. That is powerful. So that is exactly what happened 20-some years ago when Art Bell on this show on the Coast to Coast Live, he created rain over Texas because there hadn't rained for four months down in Texas and the state was burning up, they're running out of water, cities, towns were running out of water, cattle were dying everywhere. And he talked to his 10-plus million listeners, and he said, let's all visualize rain over Texas. We all did. I listened that night, and I joined in. And then later that night into the morning and the next day, there were thunderstorms all over Texas, all kinds of rain. And the weather forecasters came out and said, we are dumbfounded. We don't understand how this happened because there were no moisture anywhere in the computer models that could create this rain. But it did. They didn't understand, but I understood. We did that by joining our minds together because we directed and changed the physical reality that we call it, which is only a holographic projection of the combined mind that we created. That is what we can do on a smaller level. We can do it as a family. If a family of five people get together and say, we need a new car, and then you go out and you decide what kind of car, what color, how, what do you want in it? What do you want it to smell like? What Everything you can think about in relation to that thing, get brochures, and then you get together at the kitchen table, and your mind melt. You join your minds together, and you start visualizing that car. Because when you visualize that something using the mastermind principle, or even by yourself, you create something out of thought. And you give it a low form of life. And you place that in the future. Then place it into a time-coded event in the future. Don't use calendars. Calendars and time is worthless when it comes to anything outside of the physical. Time is a fourth-dimensional illusion. So you place that in the future, what you want, and then you go back and forth to it every day. Visualize that thing and put more energy into it, put more love into it, put intention, gratitude for already having it, even though you don't. You feel it, feel yourself driving it. You live that car before you have it. Now, the universe will go to work with you. You are brainstorming with the universal mind. And you start pulling this into the physical existence. It may not happen overnight. Because in the physical, we have this concept called time. And that's a wild card. It could take a week. It could take several months for that car to show up. But Somebody or something will usually show up in your existence and allow for you to take advantage of something which will create the arrival of that car that could be simple thing. you look in the newspaper one day for an ad and you find a car for sale or you walk down the street and say, "Wait a minute that that's just a good looking car and you go in and they give you a deal where you trade in your own one and you just got a new one. These things happen. That's called a form of manifestation. And I know some of us, or some of you, have already done this without necessarily thinking about it as manifestation because it made sense to do, Right? Don't you feel you have?
0: Oh, I know I have. I, I personally, I believe the universe is there to give you what you need and what you want if you know how to ask for it and apply yourself to getting it.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. See, when you create this thing by thinking it into existence, you uh, you give it that low form of life which you are already part of because you are part of the universal mind. So you are already part of that car. You are just going out there to claim it. So why not claim more of what is already yours? We can want all kinds of different things, but just wanting it and say, "Well, I wish I would have that. I wish I could do that someday." I I, I don't understand "someday." I I know about uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but I don't know about "someday." That's a new one for me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, they, you got to set. You, you do got to set goals, and you do got to set, uh, if not necessarily a calendar time period. You do, you you do want to uh, reach these goals within your lifetime. You know? Yeah.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> and goal setting. Uh, in but itself, the universe. The universe doesn't understand time. It can understand time, as it connects to time-coded events like a Christmas party. Let's say that you need a new car by Christmas or uh, Christmas Eve. Then you place that car on Christmas Eve. So as linear time projects itself forward and you're walking through that, by the time you get to Christmas Eve or the New Year's Eve party, whatever you select, then you walk into it and it is yours. But of course, this also will work a lot better if you know what you are. If you think of yourself as a physical being, good luck. But if you think of yourself as an immensely powerful spiritual being that has a physical experience, created by the mind behind it all now you are reverting it back to the mind behind it all which you really are you are not what you see in the mirror when you walk into the bathroom that is just a holographically created projection from the mind so if you know you are that spiritual being that has no limitations and can create anything it wants and project it into the physical existence, why not do it more?
1: I didn't like do it until every... I was 14. <laughs> but I did learn, yeah. but I didn't have a teacher. But thats uh, I used to wonder how that was. And then I... Uh, met Zig Ziglar and he was really shocked because I came right up on the stage in Houston and shook his hand. And, he said, see you at the top. <laughs> and I made sure. Now, this wasn't at 14. I'd learned how to do psychic things, but I didn't have anybody to teach me. But I do know what you're talking about. But I would put yeah. things into my future. And I don't want to give away all my secrets, Aggie, because. You know, <laughs> we got to save some good stuff. But I'm glad you're here to say all this stuff because you're just confirming a lot of the choices I made that worked for me, and it did. Yeah. And uh, I had different. I guess what would one to say once once one lives this to be as old as I am, one can go back and look at how all that worked. And there were many many people teaching this, uh, but it wasn't till I got in my late 20s, 20, 28 to 32 before I went into the Navy. But I knew I was going to, but I created it when I was 16 or 17 at NASA, but I couldn't go back then. I had babies and you know, a husband yeah. working at NASA, but I could see my future and I did visualize it, but I can't tell you when I knew I was going to do it. I knew when I couldn't because I had but I've done all kinds of things. People used to ask me all the time how I did so much in life, like you're impressive resume, you just don't know you can't do it and exactly, but tell us when you knew you could do it I, 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 I'm being honest, I didn't know I could do it you know, like practice it till I was a teenager, did you get that Well,
2: that
1: You studied metaphysics I read in your notes in
3: I, I started develop, uh, discovering the power of the mind while I was still back in Europe when um, I bought a book from a magician. I read the book about hypnosis and uh, thought this was so interesting. I got to do something with this. So I got a hold of that magician. <clears throat> that, boy, that that guy's name was Tude Turell, a very famous magician in Europe. And uh, I met him and uh, we kind of liked each other. So we started talking and we talked a lot. And uh, I learned... A lot of the tricks from him that actually proved to me that whatever we see around us can be changed. Let me give you an example. Uh, I'm a hypnotist, so if I put you in a soft chair and talk to you for about 15 minutes, or maybe maybe you're one of these, you won't. That'll take just five. Uh, and if I do my job right, and I tell you that when you wake up you will see an elephant standing next to you in the room I did my job right snap my finger and count you down and bring you back out you will see that elephant you can reach out and touch the snout on that elephant and you will feel the rough texture of that snout you can hear him breathing you can smell, it doesn't smell very good So, there's the elephant. The problem is that I don't see the elephant because there is no elephant there, but you do. What happened? What happened to your real world right now? Did it go away? No. Your mind changed your real world into something that... Physically does not exist because you create everything that you see around you from your mind anyway. And I convinced your mind that there was an elephant standing there. So there is an elephant standing there. Think about that for a second. If you do that under hypnosis, what can you not do? I've done hypnotic regressions with people and brought them back 2,500 years to speak a language that was abolished 1,000 years ago. It proves there was something there. We can create anything we want from our mind if we have convictions and intention enough to make it feel real to us there is no limitations back in Europe isn't that kind of uh, what
0: uh, Jesus was saying when he said you could you know if you've had the faith of a mustard seed you could move a mountain
3: absolutely I I uh, <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of mountains move lately. (laughs) We got a big one. We got to move right now. (laughs) Well,
0: most people don't, you know, realize that they,
3: you know, they do
0: have this, you know.
3: Yeah, the thing about it is that uh, if he said that, then it is right. He's exactly right. Same thing as you know what I do, you can do, and more. Also says in the Bible, he's supposed to have said that too. So. That means, and and that story in the Bible where he walked on the water. Most sane people, they uh, you know, they laugh at that and go, "Yeah, sure." But I have no problem with that, because if the mind is right, there is no limitations. And this uh, this man that you know as Jesus, uh, actually his name was Joshua Bethalachman. That was the old Hebrew name. Halachme was uh, Joseph's last name. Of course, we don't really know much about him because the church don't want you to know much about him. They just want to want you to know uh, what they put out, the little they put out. But there are some surviving Roman records that explain actually who he was. and He, he went by three names, but uh, he was an incredible guy. He could do a lot of these things that they say in the Bible. He spent 10 or more years in India learning from uh, the sages back there. And he came back. And he was speaking equality among women and men. And, you know, that didn't go over too well with the Jews, you know. The men, they were supreme, of course. (laughs) No, it did So uh, he was a little different and the Jews got scared of him. So uh, eventually they, uh, you know, they got rid of him, so to speak, the the Romans do unspeakable things. But also the surviving Roman records show that he did not die on the cross. So there is some fallacies in here. But I don't think we need to go down that route on this show.
0: Oh, now does this mind stuff? It it transcends time, right? It
3: it yes. uh, It does uh, very much so because time. Remember, time is a three and fourth dimensional construct of thinking. And a little hint into that for some people that have had car accidents, right before the accident happened and you hit something, time slows down so you can see things project project um progressing, and but it is really in slow motion. A lot of people talk about that time slowed yes, down true. before yeah. If time is constant, that couldn't happen. Time is not a constant. It is a projected, commonly accepted norm. So we all go by it.
0: Well, even in In physics, it's not a constant because gravity has an effect on it.
3: Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. And the faster you go, the slower it gets. Right. So the, the, mm-hmm. we have several, ta- we have quite a few time travelers on Earth. Actually, uh, they're called astronauts. When you get into space, uh, there was a Russian that spent, I think, four years in space. He advanced, no, he slowed down his time by a little over four seconds because of the speed—18,000 uh, miles an hour for four years he slowed down his uh, time four seconds. And here's something for you guys to puzzle about. If he is not in the same time sequence when he left, he was slowed down four seconds, why should we be able to see him when he got back? Because we are in the same time sequence.
0: Mm, That would have to do with vibration, wouldn't it?
3: Uh, yeah but time is different you can think of things that happened let's say yesterday you can't see it anymore because it is gone technically we shouldn't be able to see him if he slowed down four seconds he will be in a different time sequence hmm. This this gets a little involved because time is what we make it, so he was slowed down for a seconds, but we accept him into the sequence. in fact, uh, did you know that in well time we we're talk let me talk a little bit about um, the aging process is uh, the visual progression. Of time within the physical, but we can stop that aging progression. I have done that. In fact, I am getting physically younger every year. I started counting backwards, and all that it feels more comfortable to me. Because in two thousand and nine, um, f- f- uh, four doctors—now three doctors got the Nobel Prize for discovering an enzyme that reverses the aging process, and nobody told us about it. It is fairly simple. See, science have discovered why we age and why we get older and why we die. It's fairly simple. It's at the end of the chromosomes, inside the cells, you know, the chromosomes that hold our genetic code, at the end of the chromosomes, there's a little piece, kind of like the end of a shoelace, where it's called the telomeres. And there's a hardened piece. And every time the cell divides, these telomeres get shorter and shorter and shorter every time that the cell divide. If it is divided so many times that there is, the telomeres are so short or nothing left. Then the end of the chromosome starts fraying and the uh, cells, or the chromosomes and the cells are no longer able to replicate themselves and we get stuck with old cells in the body and we get older and older and older until we die. There's a way to stop this. And I'm doing it, and it seems to work for me. Five years ago, I started looking a little ragged in the ages, and I don't see that anymore. I'm 73 years old, and I don't have any gray hair, and I'm healthier than anybody I know. Work 12, 16 hours a day, every day, seven days a week, pretty much. got nothing else to do. And this is something that relates to time also. If people believe they're going to grow old and die i will guarantee you they will because everybody everybody dies so i gotta die too right let me tell you a little story about a guy two people that i found out about one of them he died at the age of 256 years old from an accident the government verified his age This guy was a martial arts instructor for the Chinese army. He was an herbalist, and he was a mind teacher. Same thing with a university professor that came from China to New York on an exchange program in the mid-1950s. He... uh, He... uh, was teaching in new york at uh, i think it was one of the universities new york university i think and uh, one evening he went out with his colleagues and uh, had dinner and he got food poisoning and died so then he ended up at the morgue and they start going through his papers and they looked at the passport and they called the ambassador and said something's wrong here because this guy is 154 years old i can't be can it And the ambassador told them, yeah. And they asked the ambassador, how can that be? And the ambassador told them, well, he only eats Chinese herbs and berries, and he knew he could not die. Do you think the mine had something to do with that? Oh, yes, it did. I have convinced my mind on the basis of what I see around me and on myself, how my health is and what I look like now, younger than I did five years ago. I have convinced myself that if I keep doing what I do now, uh, there is no reason for me to die. The Nobel, Go to the Nobel Committee's website. Go to 2009 scroll down to medical submissions and read the papers in there, there is a statement and the statement says by one of the doctors that if the people had enough of this enzyme in the body, there will be no reason for anybody to die from old age anymore now that is a powerful statement And in my book about spiritual science, higher conscious thinking and how to access the universal consciousness, I explain in there what I do and how I do it. It is very simple. The enzyme that we don't have in enough production of in the body as we get older is called telomerase. But there is a way that we can get this enzyme. We can, uh, you know, when the um, pharmaceutical found out about this, you know, they went and created their own. It's called TA65. Uh, There's not a lot of uh, positive uh, uh, statements about the results from using it, but there are some. So it could possibly work. And uh, in some cases, I think it probably does work, if nothing else, because of the placebo effect. But I'm doing it the cheap way. I'm doing what the guy in China did that died from an accident at 256. He uh, used it because when you take certain herbal uh, herbs, it helps the body to make the telomere off itself. And uh, this is an easier way to do it. it To do this, it sets me back, I don't know, $30, $40 a month possibly. That's all it takes. I guess we were talking about solutions today, and this is one of them. Do you guys still with me?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm just. Yeah. You're fascinating
2: your to listen to.
1: I'm <laughs> okay. contemplating <what> you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Tommy's joined us. Tommy, you want to say hi to Augie? He's in Hawaii, Augie. Hello, we'll get... Augie.
4: Can you hear me Hello. okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Well, it's a pleasure. Uh, someday, if you ever want to talk, I'll talk to you offline because uh, I'm a kind of a different kind of person than most people. Uh I'm aware of all my past lives, including with Jesus, never mind going back to uh, Atlantis. Uh, But that's my truth. But, uh, no, it's a pleasure. I'm listening to what you're saying. Uh, But I I just want to say one thing. Moses never lived to 500 years, even though they said he did. He lived less than 125 years. Uh, When they talk about age, nobody on this planet has really lived past 125. There's no document to prove it. Uh, So when people say how old people are, it's an imaginary thing. You can believe what you want. I'm a hypnotist too. And yes, you can hypnotize people to believe anything. But tell people to turn into an elephant. They can't do it, even though you hypnotize them. So I I, I just want to throw my two cents in there, but I'll let you go with your story because uh, I've been working in the hypnosis field since I was six years old. Started hypnotizing everybody in the neighborhood by the time I was 14. Uh Uh-huh. But... uh, I did past life regressions as well. I did psychic Uh-oh. implant removals. Uh, mm-hmm. I did exorcisms. So I've been in that world all my life. Uh, I know the top magicians. I was a magician half of my life as well. And I worked with Creskin. He was the first famous hypnotist in the United States. Uh, and that's how I learned when I was a little child. But, uh, no, I, I, I'm a hardcore person because I go by what I experienced, what I proved. Uh, In and out, and especially everything Jesus said that he didn't say in the Bible, and everything that he did that wasn't in the Bible. Uh, And my life is dedicated to that now because my book is The True Teachings of Jesus from God Realization. Uh When people put, well, Jesus came to teach something, and that's not in the Bible. So when people say he died, he didn't die, but he came to teach something. So if he didn't die, and this is a fact, when people want to accept it or not, if he didn't die, he couldn't prove what he was teaching. Because those people, even when he did die, they thought everything was over. They didn't know what he was talking about until they actually did what, he was, what they were taught. Mary Magdalene mm-hmm. had to teach Peter because he would have never saw Jesus until she sure. learned what, what Mary Magdalene had to teach her. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I could go on, but I, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just the, who I am as far as my life is dedicated to the truth of what Jesus was teaching right now. Uh, and I'm hardcore about that, especially when mm-hmm. people say he didn't do this, he didn't do that. Uh, and and as far as he said, there'll be some people greater than him, and there has never been one person greater than him. So he was hoping there would be, but that didn't happen. And it probably won't. Not in the next lifetime for, for this world, or maybe even five lifetimes. But, uh, Yeah, I'm I'm sorry that I'm like that, but when anybody mentions the word Jesus and puts him in a totally different class of who he was, what he was, they weren't with him. They didn't see him die. He died. I mean, the whole blood of his, his blood countries fought over that. The whole Ark of the covenant was based on that. So when people say, oh, he went to another country, India, Thomas went to India. He taught Jesus's teachings in India. I mean, and they probably accepted him as Jesus because in those days, everybody looked alike, especially if he had a beard. And there was no documented names and things like that. So the whole teachings of that, of what Thomas was teaching, was brought to the Hindu people. They only released that information not too long ago. They Mm -hmm. kept that a secret. And Jesus had the secret teachings. And it was about ascension. And ascension meant you get the psychic abilities, which nobody on this planet has. Or they never did. Not one person on this planet can raise the dead or have been able to do that in the past 2,000 years after Jesus' disciples were killed. Uh, So yeah, there's a lot of make-believe stories that people put out there. And when they go around the world and you listen to them, listen to the truth and listen to the lies. And it's really hard to tell the difference because they both sound good. And, And right now, people really don't want too much of the truth because they want to just feel that they're important.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, that was a lot more than your two cents to it. I love it. I tell you, uh, I got a question for you, Was well, you're a hypnotist. Did you ever take anybody back before the time they were born?
1: Uh, you got the floor, Augie. Uh, that's uh Tommy runs our Hawaii office over there with Janet Carol and our Ace Metaphysical Institute, mainly uh, the Universal Life Order oh, and okay. uh, the UFO Association. But he's been with us a long time. But I'd just like you to continue teaching us because we've listened with all our other people. This is our first night with you, but I wanted Tommy to introduce himself. I didn't know he was going to get on a lecture. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's all right. Uh, so I apologize for that, but okay, well, I've got That's Tommy's okay. name up here, everybody, and uh, this was the first night he got to talk to, I I don't think you've ever met Tommy before, so, but I want to give the floor back to you, because we're recording this as your archive tonight, it's not a debate or a let's all talk, you know, but people are accustomed, and especially Tommy, that we share the floor the second hour, so in his defense, remember, I told you, you, know, that, you but uh, I think Mad and I and uh, Kimberly are here. I wanted to get some more into these memory techniques, and uh, you know, what's your how you teach some of these things in your two books? So, not to mention all the questions I had on your resume. So, uh, but Tommy knows uh, how we do these things, but uh, he, he well, does other okay. stuff. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's, say let's keep that, it on your, this, your name for tonight. He, he teaches too, <laughs> as you can tell. So thank you, Tommy. But uh, you yeah, know, that's pretty good. Yeah, Tommy. I like to you. I love listening. I
3: love listening to that guy because he uh, he seems like he's done a lot of study, and he's totally right about uh, um, this guy we know as Jesus was not the guy that we've been led to believe. He is a lot more to him than uh, what it actually says in the, the book that they created in 325. And uh, for everybody out there that likes to find out more about the Bible, there is a document, and I have read it. It is a transcript from the meetings in Constantinople, Turkey, Nisea at the time. And that is the transcript that lasted, uh, you know, they spent you know, several years there pulling the first draft of the Bible together. And uh, you will find out how they created that book on the order of Constantine. And he said, go to Nicaea, create a religion that will unify my empire and do not come back before you have done so. And they did. And they, uh, they uh, had a lot of discussions. And it will be very educational for people to uh, uh, read that document. You can find it at uh, Oxford University Press if they will give it to you. And uh, you can also um, contact the um, Topkapi Museum in Istanbul, Turkey. That is probably the easier way to get it. You will get it in French, and then you can probably translate it from there. Uh, they may have it in that.
1: Greek. Yeah. Uh, I and- was in German, but uh, we'll talk about that more Sunday, folks. This is our first night with... Augie Nost is our uh, guest tonight, and he is uh, in our author's book club. We put his book up. Matter of fact, we're just starting all over again, and he will be talking to us uh, about his business book, separate from his spiritual book, and uh, Ahmed and I plan on having a meeting with him uh, to help us with our ACO club and our UFO association and our ACO association. And Kimberly O'Connor is here with us tonight. She's uh, stepping in, and we're going to see how long we can keep her involved with us on Sundays, too. So we'll do a lot more spiritual metaphysical work together in our ACE Metaphysical Institute with Universal Life Ministries. And I have Teresa J. Morris Ministries here in Gulf Breeze. And I have just haven't been... Uh, working much in this, but I'm going full circle, and Tommy is going to help us in Hawaii and Amad in Georgia and Kimberly in Ohio. We've got to go state by state, and uh, Augie is going to be helping us uh, make sure that we have our proper paperwork and franchise set up and all of that. So we hope to hear a lot more about Augie's, uh, but we've got an ET spiritual science dot organization we're setting up. So we have plenty of fellowship associations. So you know, you can choose your poison or choose your fancy in the, in the, the time on earth right now. But uh, I'm going to go back on mute, Augie, because we're really enjoying learning about you and what you're willing to share about you. And uh, I guess you could say your ministry, which is uh, digital, but also archived orally. And we are recording. We are archivists. We're mystics, oracles, psychics, sages, seers. As well as on the other side, we're archivists, historians, researchers, and a lot of people say alienologists alienologists and ufologists these days. Some people, contactees, abductees, and experiencers. So, and I'm going to leave a Matt and Kimberly on just to let you know somebody's listening to you, Augie, but me and Tommy are used to this, and we'll go on mute and handle more with Kimberly and Tina Folks, Tuesday and Wednesday and Sunday, and I think Tommy stays on Tuesday. All right, back to you, Augie, and Amad and Kimberly. Here we go. Okay, well, you mentioned uh,
3: memory. Uh, Maybe there's something to say about that because the thing about it is that we've never been taught how to remember. Uh, Remember back in school when the teacher told you, read this chapter, and when you're home, uh, go home and read this chapter because tomorrow you're going to have a test on it. Boy, I hated that because I wasn't sure I was going to be able to remember. Well, why didn't the teacher tell us how to remember? Well, it's because he didn't know how. He thought it was automatic, and it isn't. There is a photographic memory is... An animal that is alive and well. It is just that nobody understands it. They don't know how to achieve it. I used to teach uh, a mind development course 20 some years ago, <clears throat> travel around the country, and we taught how to assimilate information out of a book at anything from 50 000 to 100,000 words per minute with 95% retention. And we flew through the book in about four to five minutes. You wonder, how is that possible? Well, because the mind, what we did, we turned pages as fast as we can turn them. And the mind take a mental picture of the page bypasses conscious memory altogether and sticks it into long-term memory. And there's a way we set up that two-way flow of information into the subconscious mind by a form of slowing down your brain rate pattern into the bottom of the alpha range. where That's where the magic is. And when you uh, do that, you open up that channel directly into the subconscious You turn the pages, all the information go directly into long-term memory and the subconscious. And uh, then when you close the book, we uh, have a little process that we uh, would be saying in our mind. And then we don't remember a thing from the book until you start asking questions. You ask for triggers. Like, what did so-and-so do? What's the answer to this question? What's the answer to that question? And then the information comes back out as a kind of like a knowing or a hunch. we got to learn how to trust those things. This was tested in the Phoenix school system uh, in Arizona in, uh, gosh, it was before my time when I was uh, uh, teaching the course. But uh, Richard Welch did this, and uh, he went to the school system, and he said, give me uh, to one school, and he said, give me uh, five of your worst-fledging students. Give them to me for one week, and I'll have bring them back to you as A students they laughed at him, and they asked the class, anybody willing to try the experiment? Yeah, he got five. And he spent five evenings with them that coming week. And these were D and F students, these five. When they came back, they jumped straight to A and B students. And uh, the school system told Richard uh don't call us, we'll call you if we need you. They wanted no part of it. Because the school system is a jobs program, it's not an education program. These are the kinds of results. And uh, this this program is still alive and well, and they're doing it, uh, uh, <clears throat> it's called Zox Pro Training right now, Z-O-X Pro Training. And... Uh, I, uh, it really helped me a lot over the last 25 years or so when I was teaching this. I've been using it, uh, not religiously, but uh, it still stays with me, and I have a lot of benefits from doing it. It's one of the reasons I've been able to do all the things that I've done.
0: Can, can, can we Google it and find out about it? Yeah, absolutely.
3: They have a website. Z O X Pro com
0: I think it is. I'm interested in that.
3: Zox Pro Training. If you Google um, that, then it'll come up to you. Uh, imagine. I
0: mean, uh, the, the mind is an amazing tool.
3: Right? Oh, so,
0: you know. Yes. it's a muscle, and the more you use it, the more it flexes. If you know what I mean.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, the thing about it is that since we know now that we live in a mind-created universe, we should be very careful of what we allow to enter our mind and stay there and infest itself. That's why I try to stay away from negative people like the plague. And there's a reason for that, because this concept of Learning by osmosis is also alive and well because when you're around people that speak negatively all the time or whatever negatively they may do, you observe it. It goes into the mind. And it is accepted as facts in the subconscious mind because the the, uh, conscious mind is a discerning mind. The subconscious mind accepts everything as facts. If you are able to convince the subconscious mind that something is real, it becomes real for you. You You believe it. That is something I used when I went to flight school. I came to the U.S. and I have a little bit of a language problem at the time uh, I knew English fairly well but not the American language because that's different and I had a tape recorder with me so I took a lot of the concepts and ideas that I needed to remember I talked them in on a tape and I ran that endless tape at night while I was sleeping Consciously sleeping, but the subconscious never sleeps. It listens and it hears everything around you. And that helped me a lot. That's why I aced most of the tests and people wondering, you know, what what is, how did that happen? You know, language problem and all. and, And in my mind, I wasn't thinking in English yet. I was thinking in the Norwegian language. And when I read something, I had to translate it into Norwegian to be able to remember it. This is cumbersome and difficult. But it helped me a lot. Because when you know that your subconscious mind is full of negative subconscious mind program that is running all the time, you have to create new positive subconscious mind programs to outdo them of course there's another way too and you 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 love them into existence those old programs that is negative because uh, love gets inside of it it guts the energy and it becomes positive so there's uh, i talk about that in the book too there's some simple methods on how to get rid of bad habits and stuff like that hypnosis is one of them but uh, there's other ways too Simple well, ones. can we
1: mention that again? Because I'd like to buy one for me and my daughter. I love books like that, self-help books, self-development books. And, folks, you can find yeah. them, in, you know, in your libraries. But, uh, Augie, uh, I really appreciate all you're doing. And we're definitely going to have to have you back because many of our fellowship associations are full of volunteers and also those that work in social media. And uh, one of the uh situations we have with our moderators is so many people – are in the process of uh, help helping themselves climb up. And you know we've seen things on television. And so many of these radio shows do make uh, more, uh, I guess, hits on the negative. But we see so much of it on television. And I saw they were taking some of the, the uh, games away from children about killing people because things are so sensitive right now. But this isn't the show yeah. for that. This is the show for helping people And the ACO club is all about advancement and uh, development spiritually. And uh, different people talk different ways. But I used to be very positive and very high motivational. And I did learn those things. However, I was much, much more successful. And I've sort of settled into a, a comfortable reality now. And so I'm sure you can speak to that because you've come through so many times. But I'd like to ask. How do you think, Augie, inside your mind, speaking so many languages? Could you tell the audience in our club, please, for historical purposes, how many languages you speak and how it transfers? Because I'm sure there's a lot of us out there that have used the tools you use. But at the same time, there'll be brand new people. But I'm just amazed because I I can barely speak English very good. And I had a little (laughs) bit of Spanish. So could you help us out, and I'll go back on mute. And I'm sure other people are going, wait, did he just say he has to take this, transfer it, and then he thinks Norwegian or how, whatever it's called. So explain that because I heard you say it. i just because a visual person went to trying to do that, going, how would I do that? So explain a little bit since we're getting a little teaching. I'm definitely going to have you back to go back into all your resume. I'm sure people like me want to know much more about you. So I'll go back on the air. <laughs> Well,
3: I, um, you know, I've been in the United States for uh, decades now. So uh, I uh, think in English now. And I uh, I dream in English. So I have become, uh, I guess, an American, I should say. Uh, but now when I talk to, I talk to people all over the world all the time. And uh, whenever I call some of my friends back in Norway, I have to translate my thinking into the Norwegian language. And uh if I uh talk to somebody in Sweden I speak I have to translate into the Swedish language. So I have to do it the other way now than what I did in high school. And uh you know the uh, yeah i speak a few languages but see that's no big deal because over in europe you can't get out of high school without knowing three languages it's they they all learn three languages that's usually their native language and the english is usually more like a mandatory one and then uh, they either pick german french or something uh you know like that so uh and uh, I would say, I yeah, I speak Norwegian, Swedish, and Danish. That is, they're somewhat related, but they're very different. And uh, I wouldn't starve to death in France, and I would probably live a little better in Germany, and uh, I'm still working on my English too, so I, uh, I can relate to that. But the thinking in different languages is... Uh, is different. My co-host on the Universal Consciousness Show is Diana over in Germany. She speaks seven languages. And uh, she is working for a company over there, is a forensic accountant, and uh, she says there could be days when she speaks four or five different languages. And translation, when you get used to that is automatic. When you talk to somebody, you lock in And uh, you just think
1: in their language. If you do it that often, I don't think I'd like to put on the floor for you. I didn't think I, I'm trying not to talk, Augie. It's so hard. Me and Tommy, because we've had to fill the airways so many years by ourselves. (laughs) Me and Tommy will take the, we can take. he's better at it than I am. But that's one way you get a job, folks. On the airways, you got to talk two hours by yourself. But I, I've got to know this, uh, because, and I know Tommy and I can talk about this later on another time. But basically on TV, things uh, are getting much more evangelistic. And I, it used to not be that they would have some of the uh, certain ones that talk in tongues, or Holy Spirit. But my husband was very big on the tongue. Saying, someone else can't understand you. It doesn't matter. But I saw some here locally on some of the TV shows that they didn't used to do that, but it's coming back a lot because they're trying to keep up with all the things we're doing, I think, with talk shows. But uh, there's, uh, it's sort of hard to explain, but I, I can see it as a, like you said, a vibration a rhythm that comes and goes. But could you speak just to that little thing? You know, not just changing them in your head. But if someone doesn't understand you, it doesn't matter what you're speaking, not to mention when it's for entertainment, though people may not know that because they're so hypnotized and watching the television shows. I'm not knocking them because I know you had one. But, uh, you know, I want to know more about you. But in the meantime, if you would just address that on this archive, I'd appreciate it. You know, talking or maybe they understand, maybe they don't, why they do it, that may be something different. But people need to understand you. And what you mean by talking in tongues or spirit? Oh, talking in tongues or spirit—that's um,
3: not really my thing. But I—I uh, I don't think I've ever done that. But I know there are people that have done it, and uh, there were a um, there were a, a recording that came from a church. And this is probably 20, 30 years ago, I heard this recording, and there was a strange voice on there, which is supposed to have been uh, somebody that was talking in tongues. And uh, then they, uh, they tried, they ran it by a uh, language department at a university, and they found that a lot of the words in it were cuss words in foreign languages. So there's uh, questions about that. But then again, there are other things that, um, you know, when there's somebody that is uh, talking in tongue, then somebody else is there to translate. Well, how do we know they translate the right thing? So uh, we don't really know. But uh, there's something to it because the concept is old. And... uh, If it is not faked, that is something that uh, there's something coming through them from a spiritual realm somewhere. My question is, to myself, is if they wanted to be understood, why wouldn't they speak the language that people would understand so that people could have some good from it? Why would they have to talk in tongues so nobody, they, you know, people walk away shaking their heads and say, man, that was crazy. What does that do for good? So the question is then again, is it coming from the good or from the more negative side of the spiritual realities?
1: Right. Some people are wounded and have a healing process. And I guess it's up to the person doing the speaking and we really need the ears to listen if we want to. And if we don't, we can just walk away. So yeah. uh, because this is a learning process and I want to get more into teaching, but I don't want people just like they do on evangelism. You have one person on the pulpit just preaching and teaching and carrying on. And then all those people, like when I was a child, I felt like a captive audience, which, you know, I couldn't leave, but, uh, you know the pews are hard, but my husband was several generations of preachers, and it was always doom and gloom and hell and damnation. So he went to ask his German grandfather, Grandpa Morris, 108 years old, and said, "Grandpa, why do y'all do that?" He said, "Because it works, son." But he always told him that the people, because he came from that group of speaking in tongues Pentecostal certain group, but he mm-hmm. always taught from the Bible that you had to have someone there to understand and interpret it. But if people talk and they don't have someone to listen, it doesn't matter to God. You know, that's, I guess, you may want to hit on prayer and awakening and meditation uh, in this show. And I definitely will have you back to discuss yourself personally. But we're sort of in a little teaching mode here. So I'm going to try to go off here so uh, you understand what I'm saying because, A lot of people can preach on TV and say things they're teachers or preachers because they say they are. But people, you get it from the people that uh, admit that you're able to teach something they want to hear. And normally it needs to be you ask and you receive. You don't just keep, you know, sharing, sharing, sharing. It's like something like I'm doing right now. So I will mute and leave again uh Kimberly, and I'm mad to do the uh letting you know there's somebody here, so thank you for well that. Kimberly,
0: so, you started to say something uh, just before you did so Kimberly,
2: yeah, Kimberly what I was uh what I was going to say was, um, I have had the opportunity and to to speak in tongues unwillingly at first, uh, and each time I have also did uh, write spiritual writings and found out that those things aren't even supposed to be understood. It's a very ancient language that is of the highest ranking that's on the God level. So uh-huh. that's why we don't understand what's being said.
3: Well, that I am all, uh, all open to that. So uh, because it is most likely a structured language I would think in most cases when these things happen just that I wouldn't understand it but um, a lot of times if it's done in a uh, scripture or in a church or somewhere there's somebody there to translate it also isn't that what your experience have been?
2: The first time uh, I was a teenager in a church, yes, and it did happen, um, and I had no—I I had never heard of speaking in tongues before
3: ever. That was really? the first
2: um, yeah. experience I ever had.
3: Well, something came through you, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, moving. I don't, un, I don't understand why they wouldn't want us to understand. Maybe they don't understand that we don't understand. I, that is just, I'm, I'm losing that. But uh, there is a purpose from, from for it. From my understanding, obviously.
0: what it is is, from my understanding, what it is is it's for God to understand, not us. It's like a praise exactly. of some kind. Now that's just yeah. what yeah, I've
2: exactly you know, right.
0: been told because I've heard it a few times and I've actually been able to understand some of it. Uh, not but a couple of words, and it kind of shocked me when I understood it, and the guy standing next to me didn't, Oh, you know. So, I mean, there is something to it. What it is, I got no clue, but. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, Madge, you're right about that, because like I said, when I was 15, um, it happened in church uh, in a congregation of where I was the only minority. And the next time was when I was um, helping with, uh, I was doing a a spiritual reading and a a spirit writing for someone, and it happened like two or three different times, and you can't stop it. You cannot pull out of that and stop uh, talking that way. You have no Mm -hmm. control. I can be, I, I was in my right mind. And everything you know, you're you're totally alert, but you have no idea of what's going, what's coming out of your mouth. Yeah. And when I did a spirit writing about what, you know, why was this net? I couldn't even record it. Nobody could t- use the tape recorder to even record what was being said. So, oh, you mean, and
3: then when the I did the recorded, writing, the tape
2: recorder didn't. Yeah, work? you couldn't even tape record it. Nope. Really? It would not. It would not. Yeah. Yep, it was a well, chance.
3: Chances yeah, are that Yeah, hmm. maybe it was telepathic, and there was not spoken words at all. Because if it was no spoken words, but that everybody uh, got it telepathically, that could mean that there were nothing to be transmitted through the air to the tape recorder.
2: No, I had five people around me that my my stepmom, my kids, and their friends were there as well. And when I was doing the writing for um, my mother, my stepmom's friend that came there, every time I was in contact with this woman, it was the same thing.
3: Okay. Hmm. It sure is an interesting subject.
2: Yes, it is. I'll let you get Maybe we can
1: go time travel <laughs> because time travel. I, I, I n- remember uh, Sean talked about you doing time travel and uh, he couldn't be here tonight. So Sean Feller uh, brought us Auggie and helped book him in tonight. So we appreciate that. And if you'd like to be booked on our shows, Kimberly, Ahmad, and Tommy and me will all be helping you. Just let us know and you can email us. And uh, Augie, I hope we have more. Weeks, sometime, or one night a week, or something, we can do some more with you. But uh, you know, the time travel interdimensional, if you could just hit on it, we've got 20 minutes left, folks. And we're talking with Augie Nost. Augie, tell us the proper way to say your name because a lot of people argue with me over whether it's Mickey or Michio. And so I started listening to YouTubes, and he doesn't try to correct anybody on television. So uh Have you met Michio Kaku in person, and how did he say his name? And then talk to us a little bit about the He says there's 10, and I know all of us love that stuff. Yeah, um Michio
3: Kaku is the name, and uh, I've never met him in person Because the people that came over from BBC television, they visited, uh, they brought me to um, New Orleans, but they did the the shooting with me. And also they went to New York to do the shooting with him. So I never met him personally. But uh, we were all, you know, in the TV documentary. But uh, see what, what Michio Kaku is doing, he is a theoretical physicist and he is working when it comes to time travel, he is working mostly within the physical reality of it. He should, and I know this is probably why he, (laughs) he don't like me anymore. I I don't know that, but uh, he may not because he should look on the other side of the coin. And chances are he does. And that is at the other side of the coin. That is the mind creates the physical. So the mind also can create time and the projection of time. I had, uh, about five years ago, I had an incredible uh, experience where I had a uh, universal download, is what I call it. It's um, The universe was downloaded into my mind in full basic uh, um, concept and detail. And in there, was an understanding of time time is a, um, like a projection of individual short frames of present moment one placed after another one in between each present moment like the picture of the present moment the unified field collapses to nothing. And it stretches a little bit of distance and then it recreates itself. And then you have a present moment. And then it collapses to nothing again. There is no time, no nothing. The universe does not exist. And then it recreates itself and then it collapses to nothing again. So you got a whole stack of these pictures of present moments stacked one after another. That sounds ridiculous, but there's actually some, uh, if there's any electronic experts out there that uh, you're gonna relate to this because there is an electronic principle that works on the same system and that is the square wave generator. A square wave generator that has a a spike, an electric spike, and it passes a little bit. You can see a little flat top on that spike, and then it collapses to nothing. And there is no electric charge in the circuit. And then it recreates itself where you get a spike going up, a little bit of a flat top on it, and then it collapses to nothing. This square wave generator is creating the same system as the linear projection of time is. And that is what time is. So, when we have a present moment here, that is recorded in our consciousness as a frame. You remember the term a time frame? somebody knew something when they created that term so this is what time is and that is within the universal mind and everybody accepts it as the rule and that is why we all have time now here is another one I want you to think about when it comes to time remember we live in a mind created universe So, if we create something in the future that we want to happen, we can also go to that location in our mind and visualize it with such detail and complexity and intention that we actually show up there. That is called time travel. Now, I have, I'm one of the few people that I know of, and I don't really talk a lot about this, but I'll say it here anyway, and that is that I have physical evidence of time travel on my website. I, um, I'll give you the website that is, uh, it's on, and it is is dot t.com. So it's www.myfirstname-mylastname.com If you go into the picture gallery and you go to page 8 and you scroll down a little ways I don't know, probably 7 or 8 rows down there's two pictures next to each other and they're greenish in color It is pictures of a street One picture has leaves on the trees and uh, there is rain on the ground. You can see the light glistening off the road. And the other picture has no leaves on the trees and the road is clean, no rain. But the picture is taken at the same time. That is what's called time slippage. I was sitting at the computer, and I was watching a, a, a newspaper over in Europe because they had some cameras around town. And I was watching this camera, you know, observing this street. And I did a mind experiment. And I brought myself to uh, – actually, the first picture I took was just just that, picture of the street. And uh, a little while later, quite a while later, actually, I went back and I tried to bring myself back to the same time as I took the first picture because I wanted to see if I could do this. And uh, I found myself at that time and I took the picture. I did miss it by one minute. So there's one minute apart. In these two pictures but I don't think one minute should be enough to get rid of all the leaves on the trees and uh, you know dry up the road I don't think so so there's something that happened here and that is the uh, photographic evidence of time travel that I can actually explain and if you read the text below the pictures, you'll uh, you'll see how I did it, some. And also in the back of the book, I explain how people can do this kind of time travel. There There is a way to do it. I have an electronic instrument that I have done, and um, I've got some really strange experiences with. And that's what BBC Television wanted me to demonstrate for them, and I did on that video time trip. And uh, But the thing is, I learned a lot about time after that video because I didn't have a full understanding of timelines back then. Uh, Now I do understand a lot more about it, and that is that what is happening in the timeline you and I are right now may not happen in another timeline next to us. Even though we look the same, we're going through the same thing or doing somewhat the same, but there are differences. And that is what happened in those two pictures. I was in a different timeline, but at the same time. But there were different conditions in the picture. One of them had leaves on the trees and rain on the road, and the other one didn't. So this could be something interesting for you to look at. It'll get you into the... uh, picture gallery too i got over five thousand pictures now that is unbelievable including pyramids on the moon and the huge hangars up there and water tanks and people walking on the moon without space suits nasa prints so uh have a look at that this is stuff that i wrote to nasa and got a lot of these uh prints that uh, they really didn't want you to have but they slipped through the cracks and i Another one I got up there, uh, a picture of, oh, in fact, on the fr- first page, is a uh, two-mile-long cigar-shaped ship floating across the surface of the moon throwing a shadow on the ground, and it is clear as a bell. There's no question what it is. That's a NASA print, and I, I got the print from NASA myself. so I know it's a good print. Well, so anyway, uh, that, you're explains... talking about that uh
0: The time stuff. So what do you think is the Mandela effect? What people are saying about the Mandela effect?
3: Oh, I I think it could perfectly well be uh, probably several explanations. So one of them may be uh, just a common amnesia or it could be time slippage. It could be that you slip into a different uh, timeline and uh, you... Operate and you are there for a while where things are different, where maybe Mandela didn't exist or maybe he did die, like what you know the term comes from. In fact, uh, Diana over in Germany, she had an incredible experience that way too. She takes the bus to work every day, and there was one day she was standing at the bus station and uh, the bus never showed up. And he showed up 30 minutes later and she says, what happened to the bus that uh, I normally take? And he looked at her like she was crazy. There is no bus at that time, he told her, and showed her in the brochure. There was no bus going at that time that she normally takes the bus. And the next day, she walked on it to the regular time then, and then the bus came at that regular time again. So she had a time slippage. Has any of you ever come back from the grocery store with a handful of stuff and you put your car keys on the island in the kitchen and you walk and put things away and you walk back to get your keys and they're gone? And then a few hours later you find them, yeah, I got it, they were on the island after all. <laughs> things yeah, like well, that I've happens.
0: experienced, yeah, I've experienced things I felt was the Mandela yeah. effect, you know. <laughs> Times uh, 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 it happens
3: it,
0: or, it, or some people believe that there's two different timelines merged together is what caused it yeah and it had to do with CERN
3: absolutely and these things happen but you know our our analytical mind goes to work on it and said they uh, oh you know they just oh, I just didn't see it you know they explain it away <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, see, that's, that's the same thing with uh, uh, Michio Kaku. You, you know, he's looking at time travel in a physics sense. Yep. It says it's possible, but it's improbable. But we see it in a, in a uh, metaphysical sense, you know? Exactly. And he's not seeing it in that in that form. He's only seeing it in the physical.
3: Yeah, and uh, do you think... Um, uh, physics, you can actually explain how time travel can happen. It's just that you need the energy source of a sun to make it happen. And, of course, not too many of us have that, so it's not going to happen this way for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was saying. I mean, it's it's improbable. I mean, it's possible, but yeah. it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Or at least not in our lifetime, in the way yeah. physics
3: says it. But yeah.
0: not doing you know, it. I, this I believe way. The, the Incas and uh, the Mayans and you know several of the other cultures already conquered it using, you know, their mental abilities.
3: Yes, that's how many of them disappeared. They walked on right. to and, well. There's two schools of thought on that. On some things that they. They they were alien spaceships that came and picked up the Mayans, and uh, that could be, but also they could walk into a parallel reality and decide, we like it here.
0: Grass is greener over here,
3: huh? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) in
2: another dimension.
0: Yeah. Well, personally, I believe there are other dimensions. I mean, even physics says there has to be at least 11 for quantum computers to work. Yeah. You know? So, where they're at now, that's another
2: story.
1: There's there's so much more that we
2: don't know ourselves.
1: I I want you to go ahead, Cam, but I just want to tell him that we'll have to have him back, because at the end of this, we say, how do you know you're on the right path the right spiritual path so uh we got just about five minutes so uh Kimberly back to you but just sort of you'll come back later and help us on how do you know you're on the right spiritual path probably feels good but back to you Kimberly
2: (laughs) I was just going to say that there's just so many different things that we don't know because of our intellect there's got to be more out there than what meets the eye and many of us know that know the fact that we're not alone. We never have been. So, yeah, there's got to be different areas that we have no knowledge of or have ever even heard of at this point.
3: Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think most of us can actually uh, almost prove it to ourselves that we are never alone because you have you ever seen shadow people? The ones out of the corner of the eye, you see something or someone tall, kind of dark figure over there, and when you look over there, they're gone.
2: Yeah, you can see them vanish right in front of your face, basically. Yeah,
3: because the periphery of the retina in the back of the eye can pick up higher vibratory light than the center can. So you will see them in the periphery of your field of vision, but when you look over then it's the center of the retina and you can't see them anymore. This is getting more and more and more and more people saying they're seeing these shadow people. And that is because our vibration is rising. There will be a day when you're going to be able to see them all the time. Not too far from now because of this ascension we're going through. Because we are moving into a region of space where the vibration is higher. It happens every 26,000 years when they're going around the Great Circle. Uh, This is a show on its own about the Ascension part of it, because that can be explained two different ways, and it's very possible to do both ways. If the people understand it, they can do it. Very few do understand it. And uh, like the caller said, nobody has ascended. I bear to disagree, because in a few weeks, I'm going to have uh, Father Tiso on my show. He went to India, and he observed Ascension. So, uh, yes, there are people that have done this. And the, in India, it's a commonly accepted fact that people can ascend. Once you get out of New Delhi, of course, cultures, you know where it is. you got to get out in the country yeah, up into the mountain. many cultures
2: are at a higher vibrational level.
3: Yeah. So, uh, and... Uh, and uh, he's right. Uh, Joshua Beth probably also did that.
0: Well, we only got a couple more minutes left. Do you want to
3: tell everybody how they can find you and where your radio yeah, shows are? Um, I would say go to Amazon and uh, have a look at the, all the subjects that is in the books, spiritual science, higher conscious thinking, and how to access the universal consciousness. Look, I have a listing of all the subjects in it and look at that and see if there's anything that catches your fancy if you do then you know what to do otherwise go to uh, one of on my website is uh, www.universal-consciousness-show.com and my radio one of my radio shows are on there and the other one is www.broadcastteamalpha.com that is another radio show, uh, Nori and I and Tom are doing. And uh, that's where you and say, uh friend me on Facebook. I uh, I pretty much accept everybody except the Russian girls that all wants to get married. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know you I be careful.
0: You you gotta <laughs> be careful on Facebook who you accept.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: or ain't that the truth? <laughs>
1: Well, thank yeah. you, everybody. I really appreciate your time, Augie and Tommy and Kimberly and Amad for helping us with our ACO club. And I'm going to ask everybody to prove that I didn't use the word shadow people first in paranormal. So that'll be your homework <laughs> <for> next week. <laughs> because I started You're using clear. that and I can't prove I'd started it or not. So somebody prove me wrong. That's for all you paranormal people out there, and I think Wikipedia could have found it. But I'm so old, I started with the internet, and I, and I was using that in my spiritual metaphysical teachings back in the 80s, so I know when I started. So yeah, that'll be yeah. fun, shadow people, and tell me what you said, because I saw them in the 70s, talked about seeing them out the corner of my eye in my room, and uh, you know I learned about them. So to me, they were always moving and doing things and working. So thank you. And Augie, I invite you to help us with all our various fellowship organizations and associations and Ahmad and I and all the people that know us uh, in social media groups. We're all looking for more volunteers and people to sign up for our future webinars and uh, decide what which one of our teachers and all the students and We all need each other. We're all students and teachers, and let us know what you're interested in, and we've got different ways of teaching, different ways of doing webinars, seminars, and if they're one way, like a preacher, or you want to be involved, and they call those sometimes clinics, workshops, or labs, and uh, so uh, Augie has been doing a lot of teaching through the years, so Augie, you let us know. We're inviting various people in metaphysics to let us know, and we're going to put them in our Who's Who directory in the ACO Association and Who's Who directory in the UFO Association. And, folks, don't forget we've got the Invisible College and Ace Metaphysical Institute. So you try to find those out there because I've also been talking about those (laughs) since I got ordained in the gold pyramid. So I've got a lot of pyramid stories, and we're going to have Dr. Sam Osmonegich on the 12th and uh, a lot of other people. And uh, we appreciate you being here and we're changing up a lot of stuff. So come back and see who else is new. And I've got Calvin Parker and, uh, talk to Eric Mitchell to try to bring Barry Gaunt with him on the show in the future. So Augie, I'm looking at you as a, one of our major, uh, assistant, assisting authors. And, uh, lecturers and speakers and i'm sure mad you are too aren't you and looking forward to Augie. you've known him oh i I've,
0: I've enjoyed listening to Augie tonight and i've i've been listening to his uh uh show over uh the uh consciousness show and it's pretty awesome you need to go check it out people
1: all right and we'll get his books up on uh we've got one we put on our wasn't it uh, authors book club? Did did we publish that a matter? Are we not yet in our club? Uh, I'm book
0: not club? sure. We've got so many things going at the moment.
1: <laughs> we do, folks. We're working in the computer behind the walls of Google and uh, GoDaddy and to get you out. Uh, the uh, but sometimes we forget to to publish, which we do occasionally. So Augie, would be more than happy to help. Uh, your life in the future, and, and all the people you work with, and please invite them over here and help us grow uh, our ACO Association, UFO Association, ACO Metaphysical, and we've just mm-hmm. done of science webina- webinars. But Augie, I'd like to talk to you about ET science and our advanced communications as well. So uh, please uh, mm-hmm. give me an email or a call or anything, Augie, when you have time. And uh, sure. Tommy Watchblood will return here Tuesdays. He's doing our, his best to keep the UFO Association going with uh, Tina uh, Bird in Sundays. And then Kim and I are going to do something for some of our friends in the Ace Metaphysical Institute, Mystic Circle, Psychic Sages, Sears. And uh, Tina, I think, works with experiencers, abductees, contactees. And Tommy is hoping he can concentrate on his books in the spiritual realm and universal life ministries. And Tommy's been on 30 Minutes for a while, but I think he's like me. We both muted earlier, so – and I haven't heard yep. from a peep out of him. Tommy, you got any last words? Beep.
4: Beep. Well, sorry for that. It's just I'm, uh, uh, I'm saying goodbye to everybody. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me on.
3: Hey, talk to you later.
1: Okay, thank you, Augie, and get back with us. I'm you've got Augie's number, and we'll keep in touch on our articles and bylaws, folks. They're international, and we've got a lot of pilots mm-hmm. that fly around. And uh, Kim, we're gonna—I don't know if we're gonna book this Sunday, but please stay in touch with Tommy and Tina for one show for sure. And then uh, she's gonna bring in a lot of our people in our moder- hopefully in our groups because we have UFO Secret Space Alien Contact Org. Uh, Stargate to the Cosmos, Ascension Center, so many groups out there folks so we'll see you in social media land and come back every Friday, Saturday and Sunday, oh wait Thursday too (laughs) Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday (laughs) and we even have a Wednesday because we had to book uh, the guy out uh, Dr. Sam Osmonegech out of Houston but he stays out of country in Bosnia most of the time, so we'll hopefully get our calendar back up, so thank you everybody Augie, excellent wonderful show, so we have to you back to teach and also help our business people. Okay, Augie? Thank you. All right. We'll talk later. All right. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, thanks Auggie a lot, All right. Yeah. Thank you, America. Y'all
3: have a good night.